Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Mark and Sarah talk about songs. They talk, talk, talk about, talk about songs. I was thinking after recent episodes that we really could rename this show Mark and Sarah Talk About Schlongs, and it would still be a fairly accurate title. But we also mostly talk about songs. I am your co-host, Mark Blankenship, and with me on the mic, as ever, is... I would say our hip hop impresario, the oh, one Jesus. and only Sarah Debunting. <laughs> What's up, Sarah? Oh, what up, Mark? Um, hello, listeners. Welcome to episode 126, when we will be discussing LL Cool J's Mama Said Knock You Out, which, I mean, who among us within the last week has not heard the word comeback and said, uh, with the same sort of motion as a reflex hammer to the knee, don't call it a comeback. X has been here for years. Well, and with that, without further ado, I think we just need to immediately jump into the clip. Yeah, and, we uh, sure do. <laughs> here we go. still such a banger it's such a banger um i looked it up on wikipedia and was surprised to see that this was classified as golden age hip-hop but i guess i should just get used to that shit because i'm old um <laughs> but this i mean i don't know if you watched any of the u.s open tennis this year but when they paired this song with serena williams it was like one of Whoa. the most perfect marriages um of of the culture of like cultural not art she's not an artifact she is a you know warrior human but it was just like oh of course especially since so much of the culture's attitude towards serena has been this reductive fearful Oh my God, Becky! Look at her butt from um, Sir Mix a Lot. From Sir Mix a Lot, uh, and I have become increasingly, uh, let's say, reliant on Serena's badassery to give me hope in the last year or two of um, like lady history. Let's say that it's like this just. Like, matters are not improving, and no one is listening, and we can't get justice, but Serena. Like, S Serena, who obviously is 10 feet tall and has all the time in the world to deal with my problems, like, there's just something about her existence that is um, strength and hope-giving, and it was really cool to see her in a commercial with this as the soundtrack, but... 
there's also the fact that this was a, I think this was really a comeback for LL Cool J. And it was like almost 30 years ago. And he's God, like yeah. still rattling around. I mean, I don't know, like that this song and its um, ability to stay in the culture and still be a reference that people were making fairly consistently since it dropped is amazing. I feel like, in fact, that it's a pretty there's a pretty good chance that there are people who will say don't call it a comeback without understanding what they're referencing. Yes. Agree. Um, And then there's like the meta, the second meta layer to this song, which is all of the many samples, um, which include James Brown's Funky Drummer, this uh, group called the Chicago Gangsters, which are like um, cool in the gang but the seventies cool in the gang. Uh, there's a Sly in the family stone sample. Uh, there's the Humpty dance apparently is, is in here somewhere. <laughs> I mean, why not? Um, and on top of that, there's uh sprung rhythm to the rhyme in the manly Hopkins sense. That's right. <laughs> English major reporting for duty. That he the way he like overlaps the rhymes into the next line with complete uh, just like very authoritative. He's very pissed off, but in this like sexy drill sergeant porn way. I don't really know what that means in my notes, but let's just go with it. <laughs> and it got me thinking, I'm sorry that we keep referring to any given Sunday, um, which I think. Th- <laughs> on this podcast not least some of the music from it but there's something about L.L. Cool J's pronunciation of the word Crozier that's the character played by Aaron Eckhart I actually pulled a clip because there is something so full and like he just bites off certain consonants and anyone whose name is even similar to Crozier like Frazier like I will I'll be like you don't know what you're talking about Crozier Let's let's hear a clip and uh, perhaps I could do a better job of explaining after that why I'm so into his enunciation. Guys, we won. You know, what's the point here? The point is I'm trying to fucking get paid. That's the point. No, the, the point is if we don't win, you're not going to be able to do your chip and dip commercials, okay? Uh, oh, what the fuck do you know? You're an offensive coordinator. Crozier. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you're an offensive coordinator. Crozier. Crozier. And he I mean, waits that little beat, just that one beat. So it's just <laughs> makes it extra sweet. I yeah, like the sound <laughs> of this song is given when it came out, they were about to sort of get away from how heavy and full and expensive this sounded. And like the the tra- the um uh samples that I listed is like that's not a complete list. Like this song must have cost a fortune just in rights clearances. <laughs> and it sounds I mean the video is amazing and it just is like uh it just is this like battle cry but in the best possible way. Uh I will say this is a little it goes on a little bit too long. Kind of literally runs out of things to say and just starts making sound effects like, like eighty percent of the way. Through, by the end like, of the by the end of the video, he's just going, "Damn, damn, damn, blow! How you like me now? Like we we liked you fine at three minutes thirty seconds out here in the four minute range. I think I think maybe you just need to fade out and and stop. Um, 
but I've always loved this song and uh, I am, I, I wish that I had thought to sort of write down what I thought about it when it first came out, because I do wonder if anyone, including NCIS LA star LL Cool J, would have thought that this was how it was going to go for this song or for him. Yeah. Um, so many things to say that, well, first of all, I, I do agree with you that this song does go on a bit long because by the time we get to the fourth verse, he's just, at one point he just goes, damn, ooh. And it, it's kind <laughs> and it's of not like. not even on the beat. He's just like, oh, eh, like and, looking around for the cue cards. Well, and you know how in the song It Takes Two by Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock, at sure. one point he just goes, you talking to me? No. Oh, <laughs> Oh. You're talking to me. No? Oh. It's just, I feel like there is a certain, <laughs> there is a certain improvisatory <laughs> quality to this song that oh. makes it clear that it came out in 1990 because the yeah. 80s and late 70s hip hop always had that shaggy improvisatory quality because a lot of it was created at a party. And yeah. what what you're about to get rid of almost completely i feel like in commercially successful hip-hop is that sense of i'm just standing here spitting it as i go and i don't know i'm not much and i'm some not of a the, com- some of the cutting was happening i did have a note about this that G- jvc force who um did strong island and like a lot of songs that you don't you're not aware that you knew they they were mm-hmm. from uh they were out of long island in the late 80s and they have the same sprung rhymes and the same, like, Kurt Cazell, their cutter, would be cutting, like, live to tape. Mm. And sometimes the sometimes the MCs are just, like, they're just, like, four minutes into the song and they were tight as a drum for three and a half minutes. And then they just start doing shout-outs to everybody else on the label because it's supposed to be a five-minute track and they, like, don't know what else to do or, or that i guess that's also when you just get like brooklyn yeah brooklyn so a song oh, like california love clearly everybody say hey oh yeah so it's but like i agree is- with you that that shagginess it's it's a little too bad that i'm not sure we're going to be able to go back to that in terms of commercially successful yes tracks the the, the shagginess and the feeling like it's just people having fun and clowning a little bit because I feel like there's something about these lyrics, and I I understand that the song is so hard in its sound, and that he is, like, talking about how he's going to blast a cap in everybody, and he's the video is him, like, boxing and looking very fit and menacing, and mm. there's, like, fi- 51 scenes of him spitting water <laughs> out um, yeah, during the video. A, yeah, like, okay, we got it. <laughs> but one of the reasons that I think this song has survived is because I feel like it is also that it is aggressive, but it is also a little bit of a joke. I mean, the phrase mama said, knock you out is fundamentally funny. And I think that there's something about the way that the lyrics in this song work where, I mean, he's like, you get to the point where you would know when somebody is just clowning around, like they're boasting, but it's kind of like, like shadow boxer. When I heard you on the radio, huh? Okay. Well, and, and also, yeah, like also, all he lists every single weapon that he's like, I'm gonna shoot you, and there will be a bomb, and I'm probably gonna like try to poison you, and there will yeah. be a voodoo doll, like every single, but like I'm gonna run you over with the car, and then I'm gonna reverse and run you over again. 
like his, you know, his grandma literally told him to knock out. Cool Modi. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, but it's like, it's just, I'm going to knock you out. And I think that you make an excellent point that we are also in sort of the history of rap, which like, what do I know? And again, listeners, please, is there a book? Is there a thesis I can read? I feel like I need to stop pulling things out of my ass and actually refer to a, a tome of some kind. But it seems like shortly after this, when people were talking about like taking a tech nine to the competition it was no longer a metaphor well and because you've got uh gangster rap was starting to emerge around this time and especially with the release of the chronic a few years after this and uh some of the easy stuff like nwa was already on the scene at this point but these are songs that were coming from people's direct lived experience of really right. rough neighborhoods and so when they were talking about violence and drugs they were speaking about what they grew up with but when LL Cool J gets on the mic and says he's going to make the tears rain down like a monsoon it has the feeling of being more generalized and a little bit more performative and a little bit more playful now that's not to say that there's no performativity in gangster rap. That's, but the the message that was being sold by the art in that point was this is a slice of my actual life. And with LL Cool J, it's more just like I'm going to be giving you hardness, realness. And there's a certain type of like masculine drag that's going on here. And mm -hmm. I like and I think that that's one of the reasons that it, this song has remained so popular. Again, it's because it's. It's not about anything specific. It's just about the general feeling that we all have, male or female, of wanting to be aggressive sometimes. That's why it's a perfect song for a Serena commercial. Like, this is a song that is about the general sense that we want to just, like, kick, kick ass in the world. But it's just playful enough that we can, we can enjoy it without feeling like we're co-signing any kind of violence that's real and I think that's also underscored by the fact that the very last thing that happens in the video, I don't know if you rewatched the video, but the last thing that happens is his grandmother, who inspired the song in the first place, comes down the stairs and tells him to take out the garbage. Yes. So it's like this guy who's been spending <laughs> the last five minutes saying, blam, pow, ooh, wow. At the end, it's like, go take out the garbage. So it's, yeah. it's, it, it puts it back into proportion in a way that is uh, enjoyable. Yeah, there's um it is it is aggression and it is competition, but it's like there is a darkness that is not present and there is often That's a well well said. There is often a like misogyny and like a, a you know, this was this was a, um present throughout music at this time like not really with grunge but like rock um uh, like Guns N' Roses, like there was definitely that like, you know, we men are doing battle for the soul of the culture and you bitches shut up and make me a pot pie. Yes. So that is not present because his grandmother told him to knock you out and he is doing what his grandma said. Yeah, like fundamentally, <laughs> like, it is in fact... It is, in fact, like there's the this warrior weird queen. respect for family, even though yeah. he's like, I am going to put you at the bottom of a well and then drop a dirty bomb down there. 
and but then you know I'm going to take the garbage out. Because <laughs> my mama told me to. It's like a Volumnia yeah. in Coriolanus. It's like the warrior queen is controlling ultimately the the man the man. And you know what? As these things go, there's only just the. J- can we just amount. stop for a moment? There was a Coriolanus reference in this podcast. <laughs> Where is our fucking MacArthur Grant? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Or yours. Girl, tell me I'm I'll just wrong. I'll just sit in your bot. You're not. I don't know if you're wrong. I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> Dramaturgically but, um, speaking, I am at a loss. That was but, awesome. Well done. Oh, thank you. Um, but and also as these things go, there's just the lightest soupçon of homophobia, which for 1990 in rap, it's that's great because at one point he does say, <laughs> oh, um, "God, the curve we had say, to grade on." What does he say? Something about show me a sissy. Hold on, I've got the lyrics pulled up in front of me. I'm trying yeah, to find that's, it. Oh, that's not pass my me a sissy, so suckers I'll slay him. You know, like okay, as these things go, I'll give you a pass. It was 1990. Fine. I mean, and sissy is almost like charmingly vintage in yes. how gentle it is, and it's like. Please send the confirmed bachelor to rap battle me at the hour of four o'clock p.m. You can't handle more of me if you're a friend of Dorothy. <laughs> I, I think we have to end the episode now. Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass. And as always, thank you for listening. about songs they talk 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 about talk about songs thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube